Welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. And if you can please turn with me, we're making our way through 1 Thessalonians. So we're in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. We're picking up in verse 15. We'll be looking at uh, verses 15 to 18. The title of our message is, What is God's Will? What is God's will? That's a good question to, for all of us as believers to ask, God, what is your will for my life? What is your purpose? What is your plan? And that's a good question for us to ask. We should know the will of God. And I remember before I became a Christian and I was in between jobs and actually my career uh, that I was uh, seeking, there was no openings at the time. So I was taking on jobs that I didn't like and I just you know, worked wherever I could just to, you know, to work. And I remember I was blaming God and I remember getting mad at God. It's like, why am I here? What is my purpose? What's your will? Why am I on this earth? And I was like blaming God, like it's his fault. And I didn't realize the will of God until I came into relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And when I gave my life to Christ, all of a sudden, uh, by having a relationship with God, by spending time in his word, he continually revealed to me his plan, his purpose, why I'm here. And he, he started unraveling you know, the, the purpose that I'm here on this earth. And so uh, God wants us to know the will of God. He wants us to know his will for our life. Before we uh, jump into our text, also I think of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was uh, going before the cross. And just before he went to the cross, remember he says, if he says, Father, if it's your will, your will, let this cup pass from me. Remember that? If it's your will, this cup, and I believe that's the cup of God's wrath being poured out upon him. He took our wrath, Jesus. He took our penalty. He says, but if, if it's your will, Father, let this cup pass from me. But then remember what he said, nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done, Father. And he surrendered to the will of God. So God has a will for every one of us. He has a purpose for every one of us. He has a plan for every one of us that are here. In our text that's before us, there's gonna be three things that we know for a fact, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, these three things are definitely the will of God for us, things that we should be practicing every day, and that's in our text, so if you can please stand with me. I'm just gonna read these few verses out of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 15. Paul the Apostle writing to new believers at a church in Thessalonica, and he writes, he says, see that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice, can we say it out loud? Always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for who? You. So Lord, we lift up these verses. Thank you for the insight, Lord, that we can know your will and help us to apply the text that's before us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you. As a way of reminder, Paul the Apostle is writing to new believers in a place called Thessalonica, a place in modern-day Greece. He started a work. Many came to Christ. He left. He was forced out of the city. He's been writing a letter. We've been looking at the letter, chapter 4, chapter 5, primarily... Uh, 
he was writing to them about eschatology, end time things that will take place. We've looked at that, the rapture of the church, glorified bodies, uh, the time of tribulation, that as believers we're not appointed to what? Wrath, we're not appointed to the wrath of God. And we've been looking at that. Last week he shifted gears and he had some practical helps regarding uh, us being a family, the new believers being a family. And if you recall, he was uh, writing to them about esteeming those in leadership very highly, to, uh, to deal with those that are unruly, warn the unruly, comfort the faint-hearted, if you remember, also to, to those that are weak, to uphold the weak. And then he said, be patient with how many people? all. Be patient with all. So we looked at that last week. So now here, uh, he's going to get into God's will, as I just talked about, for each of us. So I want to take a closer look in verse 15. Now this is just before he starts talking about his will, as we read, but, but this is obviously the word of God, and this is, is, this is his will for each of us, that no one renders evil for evil to how many? Anyone. But always pursue what is both for yourselves and for, for all. So we're not to render evil for evil. When someone is evil to us, we're not to render. The, the word render means to pay them back. We're not to pay, give them, you know, repay them or pay them back or reward them with evil. So when someone's evil to us, we don't repay that with evil. We're, we're to pursue means to what is good. That word interesting, if you're a note taker, that word pursue means to follow after, to press forward, to seek after eagerly, and to set into rapid motion. So when God has called us to do good things, we talked about on Tuesday night in the Proverbs, we're, when it's in our power to do good, we're to do it right away. We're not to wait. We're not to, we're, when God's prompting us to do good. So that's uh, similar to what we're talking about here. But again, we're not to replace, we're not to repay. When someone's evil to us, we're not to repay it with evil. We're gonna go deeper with this a little bit because I, I wanna point some things out with this because I believe some churches take this and they don't balance it with other scriptures. So I, I wanna talk about that. So we're not to repay evil with evil. Someone does something evil to us, we're not to repay it with evil. We're to repay it with good. I remember back as a young Christian in Michigan and uh, running a water meter company and we just started a two-year project about an hour away from my home, and it was just a, a blessing to have this two-year project here. I'm a young Christian, and, and so I would deal with the city manager or the assistant city manager of the city at the time. So the assistant city manager was really kind of the hands-on. So uh, one morning she called me, and I guess one of our employees you know, filled some paperwork out wrong. It was a, just a minor thing, but she was just so upset. So she called me up in the morning. She started yelling at me. She started screaming, this is wrong, and you guys don't know what you're doing, and all that. Just, you know, and she was just venting on me. And so she, she's going off and then she says, from now on, I want you to do this, 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 and this, which would create hours of extra work for us, which was not in the contract. And it wasn't, it was, she was way out of line. If I wasn't a Christian, I would have just told her, just says, hey, um, it's not in the contract. We're not going to do that. And I'm sorry, but it's not going to happen. And whatever, I would have probably repaid evil with evil, but I felt strongly the Lord just said, don't do that. So literally, this is what I did. I said, um, well, okay, and then she was silent. because she, She's like, why are you saying okay? And I said, okay. I said, you're the boss. I said, you know what, we work for you. If that's what we have to do to make you happy, then we'll do it, no problem. And I hung up the phone. 
So I went into my secretary at the time and I told Becky, I says, hey, Becky, talk to the city, you know, assistant city manager. This is what they want us to do. She started, she goes, what? We're not going to do that. She started screaming. <laughs> I said, that's okay. We're, you know, whatever we have to do, that's fine. Let's just, and she goes, no, I'll call her up. I said, no, no, relax. You're not going to call her. <laughs> it's okay. Within a short period of time, listen to this. This uh, lady called me back up from the city and she says, I, I want to apologize to you. And I go, for what? <laughs> and she goes, I was way out of line. She goes, you don't have to do any of that. And I knew it was just ridiculous. And then, so I didn't say that to her, but I was like, I said, yeah. And she says, well, you know, I'm so sorry. She goes, I'm not getting any sleep. She says, both my parents are in the hospital. She says, my dad's dying in the hospital over here. My mother is not doing well and she's in the hospital the other side of town. I'm up all night, I don't get any sleep. I said, you know what, I'm a, I'm a Christian and I'll be praying for you and I'll be praying for your parents. She goes, really? And she started crying and weeping on the phone and, and so I got to minister to her. And that's, that's an example of when the Lord's prompting you and someone's acting evil, we don't have to respond in evil. We're not supposed to respond with evil when it comes to evil. We're to respond in good and we're to respond being led in the Holy Spirit. Another thing I think about is we have people here at this church that go out to the abortion clinics and they're, they're out there repaying evil because it's evil to kill babies. That's evil. It's one of the most evil things that I could ever think of. We're killing innocent babies. And if you ever see a, a video of it, it's just horrifying to watch them dismember babies, pulling their arms off and pulling their limbs off and then crushing their skull. And that's happening today. And we're promoting it, and it's on our ballot to vote for that. That's evil. But we go out there not repaying evil with evil. Repaying evil with evil would mean we'd go out there, and like some of these groups, which is wrong, you know, they, they burn down those places, or they, they yell at their employees. No, 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 we're not. We go out there, and we stand on the sidewalk. They have signs out there, and they pray. And many times what happens, and I was out there before with them, and you'll see cars going in to go into the parking lot, and they'll read the signs, and they'll look at the people, and then they'll turn away. They'll drive away. And that could very well, just that alone could be saving lives right there. Just the presence of God, praying for the people. And, and so then other times we hear where, where the mothers will see that, young mothers will see the signs and they'll, they'll, they'll hear people praying and they'll sometimes even walk out and start talking to them and get prayed over and they, they choose not to kill their child. And that's, that's repaying evil with good. Big difference. Having said that, well, this, this goes with that before I jump forward. Romans 12, 17, repay no evil for evil, but regard, having regard for good things in the sight of all men, and if possible, as much as depends on you, live what? Peaceably with all men. So that's how we're supposed to go. But again, having said that, I, I want to point out the fact that we're, we're not to repay evil with evil, but we're to expose evil. Ephesians 5, 11 says, and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of what? Darkness, that's evil. But rather, what do we do? We expose them. So we're called not to repay evil with evil, but evil with good. But we are to, can we say it out loud, please? Expose them. That means expose it. In other words, to let people know, no, this is evil. We're, we're children of light. So when there's works of darkness, we shine truth and light on top of it and say, this is wrong. And, and obviously, that's what we're doing with Prop 1. We're saying, Prop 1, this is wrong. And you might say, well, pastor, you shouldn't get involved in politics. And this is politics? And Gavin Newsom puts a, a billboard using the words of Jesus saying to love your neighbor by, by having an abortion? Yeah. 
And he's plastering that all over. But pastor, you know, stay out of politics, but we'll use your scripture out of context and tell, tell people it's okay to kill babies. We're to, listen, as believers in Jesus Christ, we're to expose evil. We're to expose it, put light on it, say it's wrong. Yell at me, scream at me, do whatever you want. I don't care. It's wrong. Stacey Abrams, who's running for Georgia, the governorship, and she's not doing well. Thank you, Lord. Because why? She said, inflation hurts your family. That's why we need abortion. So eliminate children to save money. Is that what she's saying? That's evil. Then you have the British Parliament okays two-year prison for term for praying outside abortion clinics. That's evil. So they're, they're hurting people by praying? And you can't handle the light, so now let's put the light in prison and let's lock them up? And you have churches that don't want to talk about this. Many churches, most churches, they say, oh, no, 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 we don't want to talk about this. And so you, you have the modern pastor, you say, abortion's evil, and they say, oh, no, 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 I want to be known for what I'm for, not for what I'm against. Really? Do you think God's against evil? Absolutely. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, they say, that they're not positive he said this because now I'm hearing, but it doesn't matter. Great quote. Silence in the face of evil it is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. And then Isaiah 5 tells us woe. And that woe means that's a warning of destruction, judgment. Woe, judgment. To those who call evil, what? Good. And good, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. I believe we're living in such a day today. It's spin, they spin things so, so much. They spin it to say, and it, so there's times that if I wasn't a Christian, a blood-bought saint of the living God with the Holy Spirit living inside of me, I would probably fall for a lot of that deception. Truly. Oh, it's not right. Government should never get involved with our health care. We should be able to, to, to do what we want without them intruding. The government should never intrude in our family. You're like, well, that sounds good. But you're forgetting something. It's not your life they're intruding on. It's not your life they're saying no. It's, it's killing of an innocent baby made in the image of God that you're saying it's okay. And it's not okay. With, with technology that we have today, I cannot believe that this is still taking place. Whoa. That's a judgment that's declared. God hates evil and we're to expose it. But in our personal life, again, we're to not repay evil with evil. We're to repay evil with good. But when there's darkness and it's, it's vile and it's killing lives, we are to expose it. Amen? Amen? So here's the will of God. First, number one, rejoice when? Always. Don't you love that? Rejoice always. This is the will of God. You and I as believers rejoice always. The word always you, in the original language, do you know what it means in the original language? Always. <laughs> In the Greek, look it up, it means always. It, I mean, the meaning of it, always, it's, it's at all times, on every occasion, always. Rejoice in the Lord, always. We're to always rejoice in the Lord. Uh, rejoice means to be glad, be cheerful, be joyful. Listen, there's a difference, there's a huge difference between being joyful and being happy. Do you know that? Happiness, being happy, typically depends on what's happening in your life, your circumstances, right? So if your circumstances are good, usually you're happy. My circumstances are good, I'm happy. 
And if your circumstances are bad or poor, then you're not so happy or you can get sad or you can get discouraged and that's happiness, okay? Joy is totally different. Joy is based on your relationship with God. The fruit of the Spirit, you know this, Galatians chapter five, the fruit of the Spirit is love, can you say it out loud, joy. Peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there's no law. The fruit of the Spirit. In other words, the fruit of God's Holy Spirit in our lives, the, the, the fruit of the Spirit of us being connected to God with a close relationship with God, is part of this is having joy. Why? Because he's the source of joy. Listen, we can always have the joy of the Lord because we always have him with us. We can never be separated. Once the Holy Spirit lives in us, the fruit of the Holy Spirit in us gives us great joy. So what Satan will do, what your physical mind will do, it'll try to discourage you and to think, well, well, look at what's happening. This is so bad. And oh, I'm so sad and I'm so upset and I'm so worried. And it's like, well, well, wait wait a second. Uh, The scripture says rejoice always. The very one that created everything that's all-knowing, all-powerful, all-wise, is always with us. Our joy is based on our relationship with God, His holiness living in us. And part of His holiness living in us brings great joy in our lives, that relationship we have. So what the enemy will do is he'll bring deception and he'll have you focus so much on your circumstances that you get robbed of that joy. I, I see it like, the picture of you're, you're with the Lord, obviously, and you're just spending time with him. He's like, God, this, really, this is great. God, you're so awesome. In your presence is fullness of joy. This is so great, God. And it's like, and all of a sudden, there's just the things of life that are gonna try to, to rob you of that. And it's like, no, okay, yeah, that's not good. I don't like what's happening here, Lord, but we're just gonna pray. But what I believe what happens to too many Christians, what you do is you have that great joy, and all of a sudden, you're like, well, that looks really bad. That's terrible. And just throw the joy, love, peace, goodness, self You just put it all aside and you just start focusing on, not the little iPad here, but you focus on the, your circumstances. Joy is not based on your circumstances. Joy is based on a relationship that you have with God. Again, when you have that contentment with a relationship with God, God gives us great joy. And if we Nothing can separate us from his love and this contentment that we have. So we can rejoice always because we have the source of joy always with us. Does that make sense? The very source of joy is always with us. So we can have joy always. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. It doesn't mean that we have to be stand-up comedians and make everybody laugh all the time. And it's great. Laughter's like medicine, and I love to laugh. And I, I love, you know, one of the most favorite things I love in my life is making my wife laugh. I love it, because I love to hear her laugh. But th- it's, it's not it. It's, it's, it's a source that comes from the Lord, and he gives us joy. And if we continue to seek him, he continues to increase the joy in our lives. It's based on relationship. I can stand up here and look everyone in the eyes and say, my relationship with my wife brings me great joy. And it really does. She brings joy in my life. I, I love the fact that God has put us together and she's a source of joy. It's just, I love, matter of fact, at the end of some of the services, she'll come walking over here. I don't know if you notice me over here. Every time I see her, just I light up. I'm like, there she is, there's my wife. 
I'm like, she's so beautiful and I'm so blessed and she loves God and it's just a, and it's a source of joy. How much more, my relationship with her brings joy, but how much more should my relationship with the very source of joy should always bring me joy because he's always with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. He's with us always, even to the ends of the age. He'll never leave you. The very, if we could get this in our brain, the very source of joy is never gone. He's always there. But, but pastor, you don't know my circumstances. You don't know what I'm going through. Yeah, believe me, I've gone through a few things myself. And then get this, the closer I have my relationship with him, the closer that I spend time with him, the more spiritual attacks I have personally. And I have a choice. You have a choice. Am I going to let the circumstances dominate my thoughts or am I going to let the very one that created me, that loves me, that knows everything about me, dominate me and give me the joy that I need? Jesus said, until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive, listen to this, that your joy may be full. Have you been asking the Lord for joy? Do you realize when you ask him, this is Jesus speaking. Does anyone think Jesus can lie? He says, ask me and you'll receive fullness of joy. And all we need to do is ask, Lord, we ask in Jesus' name, give us great joy in our walk with you. Then you've got Psalm 1611, it says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is what? In his presence is fullness of joy. So the more time we spend with him, the more joy we're gonna have, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. I also think before we go to the next one, in Nehemiah chapter eight, remember when the walls were rebuilt? Remember when in Jerusalem, the gates were repaired? Remember uh, Ezra, the priest, he, he opened up the scroll, the, the word of God, and as he opened up the word of God, do you know what it says? That he opened up the word of God, Nehemiah chapter eight, it says the people immediately stood up. So some people wonder, why do we stand all the time? Especially when, well, when the word of God was opened and it was read, people just naturally just said, let's stand. We're, this is God's word. And the people just, they stood up. And it says that he read, listen to this, Ezra read out of the law, it says from morning to midday. Do you think we have long services here, huh? <laughs> and they were standing. But because it was so long since that's happened where they would hear the word of God being read, and so when it was happening, the people just started, if you know the, the true account, the people were weeping and crying and being convicted of the Holy Spirit. They could, you know, as the word of God is going out, they're like, oh no, you know, I've messed that up, I've messed it. And they just started weeping and crying. Remember what Ezra told them? Ezra said, Nehemiah chapter eight, verse 10, he says, he said to them, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions to those whom nothing is prepared. For this day is what? Holy, this is a holy day. You shouldn't be weeping and crying. And then he went on to say, this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Have joy. And that can happen sometimes. You read the word of God and all of a sudden condemnation comes. Has that ever happened to you? You're like reading, you're like, oh, I'm such an idiot. <laughs> I knew I was an idiot, but now it's even worse. <laughs> you're saying that I'm an idiot. <laughs> and condemnation can come upon us. But you have to remember, there is therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. The Bible says, who is it that condemns? It's Christ who died and furthermore is risen and seated at the right hand of the Father. He's praying for us. There is therefore now no condemnation. So beware. It's a holy time. When you open up the word of God, you spend time with the Lord. Realize it's holy to the Lord. And don't let the enemy come in and bring condemnation upon you. Why? Because that's not the conviction of the Holy Spirit. 
The conviction of the Holy Spirit draws us closer to God. If we're in condemnation, it draws us away from God. Amen? Okay. Pray without. Word ceasing means not stopping, continuous, without intermission. Do you think it means that throughout the day, just talking to God, people are talking to us, well, hold on, I'm just talking to God. (laughs) It can't mean that. It doesn't mean that. I believe what it's speaking of uh, having continually a constant attitude of prayer. Prayer is simply talking with God and you're communicating with him. When you're talking with people, I hope you do this. When I'm talking to people, I'm like, God, give me wisdom. God, what do you say? Hi, this is Pastor Joe and I'd like to take a moment to personally invite you to one of our three services here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor in Huntington Beach. Our service times are 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m. and 12.30 p.m. Please come and say hi after the service. I would love to meet you. For more information, check out our website at ccoth.com. That's ccoth.com. God bless you. You've been listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick and Outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. Our new location is at 4121 Warner Avenue in Huntington Beach at the beautiful Huntington Harbor Marina. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.